Boo! At 11. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Hoth Topics, a podcast about Star Wars. My name is Ian. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, John. Hello, John. Once again, we are titleless because I forgot to do that. So. So are we, are we, are we done with that gimmick? No, I'd actually like to continue it. I just uh, need to remember next time. Oh, so, so unprepared. I know. So unprofessional. I know. So, Sylvian, what do you got for us today? Well, uh, by the time this comes out, John, it'll be the week of Halloween. Oh, I've heard of that. It's like this holiday of spookiness and scariness and creepiness. It's like it's like Life Day, except the opposite. See, I don't understand Life Day enough to understand what its opposite would be. That's upsetting. I mean, I please please downvote this video or no no no, no. radio. I, I've seen <laughs> what Life Day is. But seeing doesn't equal understanding. But you, but you have, but you don't know what life right. is. Right, I don't, don't have the, the tangible feeling of community and family that life day gives to the rest of us. Is that what happens? Because I thought you just touched an orb and got to walk into outer space. Well, yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so now you get to touch a cube and walk in under space, ooh. inner space, the place within. Place between worlds. The shadow realm. Shadow realm. <laughs> Definitely shadow realm. Kaiba. Uh, you've activated my pointless tangent. So what did um, I have to do? <laughs> what are we doing? Well, John. Uh, so Star Wars is known for being a sort of sci-fi or fantasy adventure, or sci-fi fantasy adventure, if you would. But it's not without its creepy elements. Ooh. Honestly, though, it right now. there is stuff in Star Wars that uh, freaked me out when I was younger. And uh, we actually reached out to the community, and we got a couple responses back on stuff that creeped them out during their time in Star Wars. I thought we'd go over some of that today. Okay. In this Sounds uh, good. October heat. I've been uh, too busy with that blaster build, so I haven't done any sort of prep for this episode. That's all right. I think uh, I can I can get you talking on on a couple points here. So uh, the first person that we heard from, I'm gonna do this a little differently. I bring up some of the stuff that our audience has brought to our attention uh, first this time around, and then we can kind of go into anything uh, relevant to that. So we had a couple people write in. Uh, as you might know, John, last week I was on I guested on the A Conversation with podcast. And the host, Jason, sent us a tweet today uh, when I was asking for who, what, what the scary, uh, what creepy or scary moments people think uh, about in Star Wars. And he said, well, uh, surely it's Maul's spider legs for you, Ian. That's fair. Yeah, I mean... Spider Lake Maul is, is pretty creepy Maul. I mean, he's pretty creepy Maul up until, probably up until they get to Mandalore. He's like... Kind of like psychotic crazy. Right. And he gets a Mandalore and kind of just becomes regular crazy. He mellows a bit, and then we see him again in Rebels, and then he becomes He's crazy, crazy again. again. But like like the, the old guy walking down the street, mind like muttering to mind himself. Mind in space creepy. Yeah. Psychotic Maul, though, like he was legitimately unnerving. I wouldn't necessarily like say 
he was scary in the sense of ah spooky scary skeletons scary but he was legitimately unsettling and i don't like spiders so yes the spider's legs were kind of uh terrifying as well the spider legs again that are powered and controlled by maul's hatred for obi-wan yep yep it's star wars star wars is uh John's got this look on his face of just like disappointment. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get it. It's it's fantasy, but uh, sometimes, sometimes, guys, sometimes. sometimes I just want everything to be the Dark Knight, and other times I really don't want that ever. Right. <laughs> well, actually, it's it's funny you, know, you bring that up. One of the ones that I had thought of for a creepy moment. I don't know if you remember playing Knights of the Old Republic two. The Paragus mining facility, the prologue part, where you're in that abandoned mining facility and you wake up and nobody's around and you have to like figure out what happened. I think that just the atmosphere with that and the, the clever cutaways to Darth Sion just annihilating a Republic ship and then ghosting it into dock. That was, at the time for me, legitimately... A creepy gameplay experience it's nothing compared to some other more modern type bioshock or whatever still for for star wars it turned the creep factor up a, a bit It was pretty unnerving i don't know what do you think of that section of the game i don't remember it the kotor games are very long and <laughs> the version of kotor 2 i had was just a bug fest wrapped in a star wars packaging so there's a good chance the game crashed before I even got that far in the game. It's the first level. It's the game crash all the time. Well then, uh, did, did you play uh, Jedi Academy ever? Yes. Yeah, yes. it's the Dark Forces series of Dark Forces. Uh, don't Jedi even get Knight. me started on that rant. They, nowhere in the Jedi Academy series or Jedi Knight series does it even acknowledge that it's Dark Forces, except for in Jedi Knight the first one which is dark forces 2 jedi knight and then it just drops the dark forces because i guess there's no dark forces anymore right ian you eliminated all the dark forces so there's no dark forces just jedi knights or jedi academies i've upset john and i think that's scary and this is i miss <laughs> kyle's leather jacket <laughs> I, don't, I don't care for wise wisely older teacher looking katan katarn just turn up realistic lightsaber combat and then have fun. <laughs> well, Make any uh, boss super easy or incredibly difficult. I rem- I specifically remember as a kid playing through that, uh, playing through that game. And there's a a point in, I think it happens in a couple levels, but the the part I remember it was at the very last level where you're going through, and you're going through the Sith Temple on Korriban, and there are all these Sith and Jedi fighting. Where's that? I have been over this <laughs> multiple times. It should just be called Korriban. They just named it to Moraband. It's the same place. All they did was change the name. It was a really stupid decision. It's one of the only like little pet peeves I have about the new canon, old canon switch. But in the game, it was Korriban. Maybe maybe we should change the, the theme of this episode. This thing's piss us off <laughs> for no reason. Be scared! <laughs> but on Korriban, there's, uh, there are parts where like you'll just go through these doorways and Sith will just... Not Sith, but the, the, the Dark Force users in the game. 
Just so Dark Force. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 they'll just like be on the other side of a door and just like come out with a lightsaber in your face and you're just like ah holy crap or like one just drops from the ceiling it's more of a jump scare sort of like oh and then you cut them in half realistic saber combat and dismemberment was the best have them both turned on uh when you when you first approached me with this topic i was thinking we were just going to talk about television movie media mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't even think about the games and i know that there were parts when i was a kid playing dark forces or um the Jedi Knight prequels, as I like to call them. Never. Uh, <laughs> due to my own ineptitude on how to manage inventory, I'd be ending up blindly running through sewers, fighting Dianogas in complete and total darkness. Ooh. Those parts are not fun, because it's squashing noises of you in this water, and then every now and then the Dianoga popping out, and then you don't know where it is, so then you just fire your briar blaster everywhere. Briar pistol. It's a... Uh... <laughs> interesting you mentioned the Dianogas like I, it, it's weird like Mike mentioning the Palpatine electrocuting you mentioned the Dianogas I'm like remembering being freaked out by stuff like when I was a young kid the Dianoga absolutely creeped me out as a kid just an eyeball coming out of trash to look at you and then going back in see was... that thing never never bugged me because I think I understood the utility of having such a creature that like it's like oh it's just he's just in the trash compactor to eat trash and that's pretty smart yeah i wasn't uh (laughs) thinking about the logistical benefits of having a trash eating space creature in your compactor when i was six oh that's that's weird (laughs) i just saw eyeball tentacle and frightening and one less luke and one less luke yes a little bit there was a Luke, and then there wasn't a Luke, and then there was a very more, a, a much more Armor. moist, a, a much, Armor. a much more moist Luke. Which is a six-inch black, uh, black series figure that's going to be released. Dianoga or no, the the slightly more wet Luke and Stormtrooper <laughs> uniform. That's weird. So, I think on I think on our last episode, or maybe not even in an episode, I don't know. We talk a lot about Star Wars here and there. And everywhere. I was saying how with the Black Series figures, or the action figures in general, I don't want to keep paying $20 for the same body sculpt with a slightly different head. Mm-hmm. And like this is Luke in a regular Stormtrooper uniform. Uh, uniform. So the armor is going to be already something that exists. They'll have, it's a new head sculpt, and they're going to be painting some brown and green marks on the armor. And I'm probably going to buy it, just so that I have an excuse to have another Stormtrooper in my in my army. You can build as many, you can buy as many Stormtroopers as you want, John. Nobody's going to stop you. They might. I won't. Okay. <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> What's next? What else creep people out? Well, Katie came in with two comments. One was Jabba. Just being genuinely frightening. And yeah, like thinking back on it, thinking back on it, you have this giant slug that eats live animals, drools, has a massive tongue and giant mouth that looks like he could fit people in there. Like, he keeps slaves, he feeds people to a rancor. Rancor as well would be kind of a creepy thing, um, monster wise. So, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of just a scary dude all around. Pizza the Hut from Space uh, Balls. Yeah, it's far more creepier hut. I agree. Because he's 
consists of melted cheese that is constantly melting more and pepperoni. Yeah, he like and his henchman eats him. He bubbles too, yeah. which was like the weird thing about it. Like, oh, oh, creepy. Uh, and thanks, then she thanks, also, Brooks. yeah, she also said, uh, when you think about it, freezing someone in carbonite is kind of creepy. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I still, I don't really understand why they needed to do it because they've said like it's not meant to keep people alive; it's meant to store gas. Well, the the reason they did it was Vader didn't care about freezing Han in carbonite. He wanted to freeze. He used Han as a test subject so that they could freeze. Luke. Oh, okay, yeah, that makes yeah. yeah, that's right. That's and right. and having you know, you could just put Han in handcuffs and take him wherever you want. But just shoot him. If you're gonna put a force sensitive in handcuffs, he better be knocked out or frozen in something. Oh, Otherwise... you couldn't just shoot him because he's no use to him dead. Right. He was a draw. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> now, um, uh, a friend of mine, Karth, had, he named four different ones, and I think uh, these four are, are two of them at least, are, are pretty detailed. Okay, Karth, thanks for, uh, thanks for doing our work for us. Yeah, we thanks, appreciate buddy. That, man. That's, that's why we love our community. They give us suggestions. So we don't in. have to. <laughs> So, um, he said, uh, Abeloth, Rat Ghouls, Exogorths, and, quote, whatever the hell the space squid was in Solo. Okay, Rat Ghouls, totally. Now, the, the Rat Ghouls, if you don't know what they are, they're... Ian, have you ever played KOTOR? <laughs> <laughs> have I? Oh, wait, are they, are they in KOTOR or are they just in Star Wars Online? Uh, they're in KOTOR. They're in KOTOR. That's kind of where they originated. Okay. So the the creepy thing about about Rackles for me is that they're they're your basic zombie plague. Like think about your basic zombie movie or whatever. They're the flood of Star Wars. Yeah, they're that. But they turn you into a a mutant, a mindless mutant with one eye and claws. And they can run on all fours, like, really fast. They live in sewers. They're terrifying. And, uh, I don't know if you know the history of how they came to be at all. Should they have something to do with the Infinite Empire? No, actually. What? Had to do with the Sith. So there was this Sith guy uh, named Murr. M-U-U-R. What up, Murr? And it's an amazing name, and I'm going to just keep calling him Murr. Murr. So, good old Murr uh, was a Sith who was an expert in Sith sorcery. And he essentially infused his essence and dark side power into a talisman. The talisman, essentially what it did is it just transformed people that he wanted it to into Rackles. Uh, there was a flaw in this plan, and the, and he could command the Rackles. Like that was the that was the reason why he did it. Now the flaw in this plan is that it didn't really work against force sensitives and certain species. The entire reason he made it was to fight other force sensitives, like rivals and all that. He genetically engineered a plague that did the talisman's work for him on other people, so that. If you get bit by a rack wool and, you know, that's where the common zombie practice comes at. Now, he So made... how much of that is canon? 
Uh, none of this okay. is canon because so it's I all. Just, I should edit this part out. No, don't do that. Don't be that guy. We're uh, a canon only podcast. No, game. we are not. We have never said that. This story actually carries all the way into the legacy era, where so there's there's Jedi Knight called Celeste Morn, and one way or another. She she found and took the talisman, the the Murr talisman. The plus side, she could control the Rackles and stop them from being created. Downside, she had this long dead Sith's voice in her head, so she went into stasis. And I'm not entirely sure how the the next course of events happened, but somehow Vader found her, woke her up. She tried to kill Vader. Vader was superior. Then she... Why is Vader in the Legacy Era? She, I said this goes through the Legacy Era. Okay. So we're uh, not at the Legacy Era. We're not at era. the Legacy okay. Era yet. Thank you. Very confused um, why. So Vader, Vader, she's in stasis from Old Republic times till Vader finds her. Wakes her up. She can't beat Vader. So she turns all of his stormtroopers into rat ghouls using the talisman. Vader basically says, I'm out, and leaves her stranded on this moon. Somehow another Star Destroyer comes by, and she takes that over and turns it into a ghost ship with Rackles in it, and goes back into stasis, I think, for a long time. And then once the Legacy Era comes up, Cade Skywalker, this is like 130-some-odd years, BBY, or ABY, rather, Cade Skywalker finds the ship and then she starts turning people into rat ghouls as well and eventually he ends up destroying the talisman stopping the creation of more rat ghouls via the talisman so now there's like as long as you can eradicate all the rat ghouls without the virus spreading you can actually kill them all now i think it was kind of interesting that that sort of idea of the rat ghouls which started as just weird mutants in the sewers and kotor spread through all these different stories mm. Because I think the, the legacy thing took place in the comics, both Old Republic and and the legacy comic. Yeah, so uh, rat ghouls, creepy zombie mutants made from Sith magic. What do you think? Yeah, they're pretty creepy. I don't like fighting them. A boring fight. Something like a game where they emphasize using lightsabers and stuff. I always found that using close combat weapons was more effect- effective, but fighting these things that just rush up on you was always not fun. It's... I find levels with them tedious. I will skip any level with the Flood in, in Halo. It's just not interesting at all to me to shoot mindless waves of zombies. Hmm. So, that's my opinion on Rack Rules. John, I'm beginning to think that you're not really creeped out by much. You just find creepy things boring. Yes. Hmm. For the most part. It's side effect of growing up with the goth kids. Ah, I see. Creepy things are sometimes interesting, but sometimes they get, like, zombies. It's just overdone. Like, I don't want to play another game with the zombie mode. I don't care. <laughs> Please, instead of programming bots to run at me, make make levels and story. They're not going to do that. We're just going to get zombie mode and Battle Royale. Soon, Battle Royale with zombies. Guarantee it. You heard it here first. Exclusive. I'm pretty sure that's what the new uh, Call of Duty game is. I don't is. know. I'm not paying attention to it's it. It's promoting both uh, zombies and a Battle Royale mode. I can't, so I can't I don't think know if those of the two last time together. I, I read the gaming news and was like, I'm excited for that game. Yeah. Yeah. Borderlands 3. That's about it. Kerbal Space Program. I like that game. No zombies in it. Only, and really no story. No. 
<laughs> no, it's it's, it's a it's a, a science simulator. It's legitimately a series of fetch quests or a sandbox. <laughs> you choose. Well, uh, so we had the we had the rat ghouls, uh, the exogorths. The exogorths were the space slugs. Yeah, space slugs. Yep. That the Millennium Falcon came in and landed in. I wasn't so much creeped out by the space slug itself than I was the Minox. Okay. So, like, there's that scene in Empire... There's only one with my knock, man. Yeah, there's that scene in Empire where, like, Leia's looking out the window and... Jump scare. Yeah, the jump scare with the Minoc. And, like, looking back on it, too, the it's not even, like, a, a true jump scare because, like, the thing kind of, like... It almost looks like somebody lobbed it at the screen. Yeah. Like, it doesn't just appear. It just kind of looks like somebody went... Doo, splat! And it hit the window. But, like, it was the mouth that freaked me out. Because I thought the mouth wasn't just the mouth. I thought it was, like, its entire head. So I just thought there, its head was a, a, a sunflower fleshy hole. Which, uh, come to think of it, kind of reminds me of the... Uh, I don't know if you watch Stranger Things. Demigorgon? The Demigorgon in Stranger Things had the face that opened up into that flower shape and it's just a hole with teeth. Calm down, Guillermo del Toro. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no? Okay. He, he does a great... He has movies with a lot of great monster effects. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, oh, Guillermo... You said Guillermo del Toro and my brain heard Benicio del Toro <laughs> and I was like, what does DJ have to do with this? No, no, no. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, DJ's face Yeah. looks like a Minoc. We'll get there. We'll, we're going to workshop this. No, there's Benicio a, del there's Toro. There's a joke there. Yeah, Benicio del Toro has has a lot of really good monster Ticks. effects in it. Guillermo del Toro. Is that what I said? You said Benicio again. I did. You did. Oh, I thought I said Guillermo. You did not. Oh, you said Benicio like three I mean, times. We have the tape. We can always play it back. But uh, the audience will know, and that's you, the important. Part. You've heard it first. Hot Topics is recorded on tape. <laughs> uh, that's that's a uh, that's a side effect from us working in a. Uh, studio that is yeah, a dated. television studio that's <laughs> yeah. technology never progressed past 84 <laughs> so yeah what do you, uh, Minox and Exogorths the Minox jump scare always always got me the Exogorths never like creeped me out or scared me I just I didn't understand how they exist and how whatever why they have an atmosphere with breathable oxygen well I guess not breathable but it has an atmosphere that you can exist in without a suit made no sense to me um, yeah it's internal <laughs> and but at the same time this is a universe where an x-wing pilot can eject from his craft and exist in space without a full suit for right. hours or days or however long it takes to find a wedge until he's after a, he ejects for like the 17th time in the x-wing series <laughs> well um if anyone out there knows how exogorths create an atmosphere with inside themselves please that's it. I don't. I don't. I, I won't respond. So, so <laughs> here, here's my here's my nonsense fake science theory. Uh, in in solo. <laughs> Sorry. What? Um, uh, you said your fake nonsense theory of my initial reaction was well because it was filmed in a studio. <laughs> on, on Earth, <laughs> where there's an atmosphere. <laughs> well, uh, so my fake science theory is that. Uh, in in solo we we hear the the space squid referred to as a vacuum breathing life form so uh 
if you breathe in vacuum, you exhale oxygen. If you breathe in nothing, your body has organs that can transform that nothing into something. We need to figure out how to harness that technology because I'm pretty sure that might be how the Star Forge was created. Hey, now in by my, taking nothing and creating fleets. In my defense, in real science, space is not empty. There is stuff in there. It's not just yeah, like satellites, nothing. planets, and stars. No, no, no. I mean, like there ghosts. is space ghosts, uh, coast to coast, coast to coast. <laughs> so, speaking of the the vacuum breathing space squid. That thing's name, uh, apparently, it's called a Suma Verminoth. Mm, yeah. According to... Sounds uh, about right. According to Wikipedia. It is terrifying. It has too many eyes. Watching its skin get ripped off was pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Though, I can see how normal, um, non-desensitized people like myself could find that kind of terrifying. I was like, that's... Oh, good on the effects team. That looks great. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it, it did. It's, uh, it's interesting because it's a very Lovecraftian design. Mm, definitely. Yeah. Because of eyes and tentacles and the Euclidean geometry of the entire thing. Right. Madness. <laughs> and it exists out in, you know, the middle of Wild a space. demon space cloud with a black hole, like, just sitting there. Also, it can electrocute you, which is weird. Yeah. It breathes in nothing. Right, and, and it produces electricity. electricity. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so Exogorth <laughs> and one of these guys, and like you can get a Starforge going. Right, absolutely. So the last one that Karth mentioned was... Karth, well, thanks for doing our job again. Yeah, technically it was the first one he mentioned, but oh. uh, Abeloth. Now, John, do you know what or who Abeloth is? Abeloth sounds like a Call of Cthulhu old one. Okay. I think it's the combination of Ab... And Loth, which makes it sound like it's ancient. Sure. Other than that, no idea. So uh, you're you're actually kind of hitting the nail on the head there. Abeloth is from the uh, Fate of the Jedi run of books that started in 2009, and it's the this run was I think it was post the Solo twins, Jason, Jason and Jaina. And Jaina coming to Jason becoming a Dark Lord and all that. You remember the old ones from the Clone Wars series on Mortis? Yeah. Yeah, the ones that I am, like... You have issues with? I have I have concerns over. So, in this story, a woman came to their planet before they were on Mortis, became the mother, but she was a mortal person, and she grew older while... The father, the sister, and the brother stayed the same. And she was worried that they were going to abandon her. So she drank from the font of power and bathed in the, was it, pool of knowledge or whatever? The light side and the dark side uh, MacGuffins from the Mortis arc. And because she's mortal, it essentially drove her nuts. She became this ridiculously powerful force entity the mortis gods up and left and they mind controlled the kilix on alderaan to construct center point station and another station called i can't remember what the other one was called but center point station was used to create the black holes around their original planet and that's what the maw was in the legends canon you remember Centerpoint Station, yeah? Yeah. I, I didn't know that they had created a uh, 
the the backstory for it sort of relatively recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I knew that it was tens tens of thousands of years old. Yeah, and that it was they used it to move planets. So what what's super interesting about it is that this story, even though it's a legend story at this point, you mentioned the relatively newness of it. It had to have taken place after the Mortis arc of Clone, Clone Wars, Wars. Yeah. happened. So it, it's the storyline that went what happened sooner, like more recently than we think. So she basically turned into this Lovecraftian god. Like that's literally what she became. Uh, a Lovecraftian old god. So she she had crazy mind control powers. She used avatars, could control people and drive them nuts. And she even in the throughout the story she got elected to uh, supreme chancellorship. So here we go again with evil entity seizing power over a democracy because bureaucracy made Sith and Jedi fight each other. Uh, <laughs> so she. She she's kind of like this uber powerful force thing, and listen to this description of her her true form. She's a woman with an overly large mouth, stubby arms, and hands with long writhing tentacles instead of fingers. So very Lovecraft. There's a whole bit about in those stories about like Luke traveling to like a shadow dimension that it's basically astral projecting in order to face her down and fight her. It's 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 a uh... It's a wild story and had a lot of influence in that sort of Cthulhu mythos sort of thing. What are your thoughts on that? In all honesty, that story sounds horrible to me. Yeah, because um, Force-sensitive. All, all I'm hearing in that is is that, to be fair, I've never read it, and I don't I don't know who wrote it, but it really sounds somebody was like, oh, I need to make a mark on Star Wars by making a new all-time baddie, and that's never been interesting to me in Star Wars. Yeah, you're like, kind of stuck in the... One era, huh? Well, it's it's not just that. It's just that what I like about the the Galactic Civil War era is that yeah, there are there there is a dark force user, there is a light side force user, but it's mostly about like those two people couldn't win this war by themselves. They had to have an army to back them up, and I see this a lot in expanded universe stories uh, for other genres too, not just Star Wars. That an author will come in and create the all time best baddie. It's like a comic book villain that he's all powerful. He can read minds. He know he, every all the advantages that the good guy has. He has the exact opposite of, mm. and it's it's not interesting storytelling to me. You like uh, the enemy to have flaws. Uh, Abola started off as one way, then started to become more powerful. More powerful now. She's supreme chancellor. Now she's a god. Now she's it's like that's who cares. <laughs> personally, for me, that that doesn't sound like an interesting story. Because we've heard it a million times. I want Rogue Squadron back. <laughs> but you've heard that story a million times. Yeah, but it's Rogue Squadron. It's, that, it's different. It's different. It's different because you like it. Well, one is an all-powerful god that can't be stopped until it can. And then the other one is men and women putting their life on the line. Sure. I, against I, other men and women who are doing the same. I get that part, but it's still a story you've heard a million times. Yeah, it's just that... It's I, just I, a story you prefer. I don't care about Supernatural. Not the show. I haven't actually watched the show Supernatural, so that's... Well, if you don't care for, about for all Supernatural... For you Super fans out there... <laughs> if you don't I care about Supernatural... That means I hate concept. Doctor Who and Sherlock. <laughs> I, no. I've been on Tumblr. <laughs> I know these things, Ian. Uh, I was gonna say, if you don't like Supernatural as a concept, you're not gonna like the show. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, names relatively similar. Is, is it? Yeah. Is uh, it? 
So, yeah. Um, this uh, this podcast is going to be you pulling out slightly creepy things and me saying why they're dumb. Yeah. That's what I, I've discovered you, so you, far. Yeah, so, All right, so, so what other dreams I, can I shatter you, today? You have in? not been reacting the way I expected. Because <laughs> I'm just like, hey, people thought these things were creepy. And you're like, nah, it's as, well, whatever. As, as we mentioned to each other just before we started recording, it is slightly above comfortable temperature in San Diego right now. As I told you, I would say on the podcast, because we live in a city where the temperature never really deviates when it's when it does it's uncomfortable for everything yeah it's, because we are spoiled it, it it's just like it's not even like unbearably hot or anything it's just like slightly uncomfortable and it's driving us insane yeah it's there's uh. <laughs> there's no wind right now and so there's nothing like blowing through my apartment just to keep air moving and just everything is still yeah. That's what creeps me out. Still air. Still air. So space maybe would be There's no air to in you? space. I know, but there is the stillness. There's only vacuum. We've established this. And you can breathe vacuum. <laughs> and you can you create can make air. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um any any other any things that well I I've named a couple things that creeped me out. Was there anything in Star Wars that in the movies okay. This is dumb and it's not the creep out that like you're looking for. But I'm looking for anything. As as I mentioned before, I watched the movies in reverse order. Right. So when I saw Empire Strikes Back, which would then, of course, be the second Star Wars movie I watched, I watched Luke's sister make out with her brother <laughs> to prove a point to another man. And that always creeped me out because I just assumed at that time that they knew that there were siblings because they knew that in the third one, which was the first one I saw. So That's... you're welcome. <laughs> Most of the things that creeped me out and, like, made me feel uncomfortable happened in the Clone Wars. You know, with, like, the writing and the plot. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, oh, fighting words. So, there's there's an episode, there's a couple episodes that I always skip. Because, kind of, they are kind of boring. Um, but uh, the episodes with the droids and the colonel that fits inside one of the droids. Uh-huh. When they crash land on that planet and it's just nothingness. Just an expanse of nothingness. That freaks me out. Mm-hmm. Like, just in general. Like, I did a lot of traveling with an old job I had, and I spent four or five hours on the road a day. And, like, at some places in the Midwest, it's, there's there's nothing. There are places in Texas where I was going 20 miles over the speed limit, and an off, a police officer would drive past me and wave and smile as he was doing three times that. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it was just a very weird, like, surreal, like, there's nothing here, and, like... I think it does, those episodes did a great job of making these desolate areas look desolate and also give a feeling of hopelessness for the situation. Even though the droids would have been fine. I was more concerned about that Republic colonel that was just sitting in it. Am I thinking of the right episode? Yeah, because that was yeah, like yeah, a th- yeah. three-episode arc, right? Right, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that the emptiness creeped me out. Did the emptiness of the desert in the opening of uh, New Hope give you a similar no. feeling? No? No. It's the the way that planet was designed, where it was just like a salt flat from as, as, as far as you could see. Not even like geometric features. Exactly. Or, or it was just it was literally rather. nothing. Yeah. Um, like anytime they go to the the world between worlds sort of thing in this fourth dimension, nothing is normal. Mm. Well, nothing is normal to what we understand as normal. Right. Uh, especially in the Rebels one, where they have all those portals and stuff. It's just kind of like this is a weird place. Why is there no floor? Why is there no ceiling? Why are there portals into time? Who built this? I don't like this. 
Probably the same person who constructed Rainbow Road yeah, and Mario spe- Kart. Spe- yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like someone someone built this portal world for just to piss Ian off. Yeah. Because the portals are time travel. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, another thing that was unsettling, uh, which is actually a reason why it's my favorite arc in Clone Wars, is all of the Umbaran campaign. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's always dark. Uh, the fog of war is just insanely thick like literally speaking yeah in that sense and you never really see who they're fighting right until krell goes insane and starts chopping up people chopping up clones well he makes them fight themselves that way like that was legitimately unsettling um but it, like we talked about in the solo episode, that that's what I really liked about Mimbin is that we never saw who they were fighting really, mm-hmm. and we just knew that there was a fight going on and that it was it was a tough battle. But we didn't we didn't see who they're fighting, which I think is is a good story for anything kind of like imperial. Like it doesn't matter who the enemy is, it's, right? Take one last ridge and then you know fireball, right? Exploding. Um, there was another arc in Clone Wars that was legitimately unsettling and i think it was like at the very end where is it fives where people just don't believe that he has the chip he has the chip in his head yeah it's all just follow orders yeah just like the the slow deterioration of his of his mental state into just panic Mm -hmm. that that put me on edge yeah to be creepy you don't necessarily have to be you know the classic horror tropes that we were talking about you can make out with your brother yeah you just I'm not gonna lie, they're legitimately <laughs> creepy. Um, so, John, I, I have I have one one more thing for you. Ewoks. Uh huh. Some people are creeped out by them. I'm not. I I know you're not. I want to hug one. But why do you think people are creeped out by Ewoks? Because they are intelligent, but primitive to our standards, and are able to take out the Empire's forces. That's that's why you think they're scary. And maybe because they blink now. Hmm. Okay. Uh... I would add the... Oh, and they eat people. Yeah, I was going to add the people. the implied cannibalism. It's not implied. They eat people. Yeah. <laughs> if you're going to execute people that caught, or got caught in a trap, you don't set them onto fire on a on a pit roast. You you kill them with stone axes or arrows or large crushy boulders. They were cooking them. <laughs> and uh, I mean, haven't we all just wanted to cook somebody for their nutritional delicious bodies? No. Our, our, this might be one of those things where, like, I grew up with goth kids, so things are... I, yeah. think, I think of people more as food than as people. I don't think that's a byproduct of hanging out with goth kids, John. Oh, no, like, like these were, like, uh, not goth as in, like, um, we wear black all the time and hang out in cemeteries. I'm talking, like, like uh, we're going to go fight the Normans goths. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that, and you got me. <laughs> you got me. Any other things that spooked you? Well, we did mention Rogue One, or Rogue One. Um, Clone Wars. Do, do... Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron. And as I mentioned, there there are a number of times when pilots eject into space and are just floating there. That, that always kind of freaked me out as a kid. Because like, mm. if you think about it, you eject in space, and if you don't have a way for someone to find you, some sort of sensor... There's no way they're going to find you. Space is big, and you're the size of dirt in space. You're no, also... Actually, you're the size of yourself in space, but I mean... Right. The if, I, if I took there. a piece of dirt and I just threw it on my carpet, you're never going to find it. Right. 
So good luck on that. <laughs> also, without not having a sealed environment suit, so never understood that. The thing I, the thing that uh, comes to my mind too is that if you're ejecting, you're going at the same velocity of your ejection. Uh huh. Because there's so, no drag in space. Right. Kerbal so you, Space Program has taught me that. Well, except the Kerbal Space Program, there is drag because they can't calculate no drag. And so, sorry, continue. So you would just be, not only would you be drifting in space, you would be drifting in space away from wherever it was you originated at high speed by the time somebody comes to find you. Yes. <laughs> this is very, very true. Oh, one, one thing just popped into my head back on the video game topic. Did you ever play uh, Clone Commando? Nope. No? Okay. I have it. So, Clone Commando is a game that did not age well. No, it did not. <laughs> um, but I remember at the time when I first saw it being legitimately freaked out by a hive area where you have only your flashlight on and it's like dark and it's like that old school like Xbox era video game dark too so like you can't see anything and then just all of a sudden... A Geonosian bug would just fly at your face and be horribly murdered. How do we get through this whole episode and not talk about Geonosian zombies? <laughs> yeah, that's a good you one. You know what? Because they're not creepy. Good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the Geonosian weird, zombies. Weird zombie queen with her, her her worm zombies. Right. Yeah, those were creepy. Hey, maybe next time, uh, don't uh, go against the Emperor. Just saying. Yeah. Maybe don't do that, and then they won't have to... Eliminate your species. Exterminatus your planet, to borrow a term from Warhammer 40k. No, exterminatus is what they did to Alderaan. Yeah, that's that's true. You're, Praise to the Emperor. Like, I don't personally find it creepy, but I'm sure people who were young at the time of the Night Sisters zombie-raising arc in Clone Wars probably found that to be a bit perturbing. And it's actually kind of a cool idea to have zombies versus robots, like the the droid army versus the uh, the zombie <laughs> horde was kind of kind of neat, actually. The undying versus the dead. Okay, that should be the tagline for like a <laughs> sci-fi C movie. <laughs> well, I got nothing else. Do you? No, I remember I was super unprepared. I've been. Breathing spray paint and plastic dust because when you're building a prop, you should always wear the correct, proper safety equipment because I don't. Yeah, and you see what happens. Yeah, and then my <laughs> brain shuts down and I cough up plastic and uh, things get dizzy real quick. I have I have one final comment from our listeners to throw onto the pile. Richard said, when Kylo took his shirt off and Ray asked him to put it back on, cringe. <laughs> Is that creepy? Or is, was he upset that he was going to cover up? I don't know. Richard is uh, a man of mysteries. You always think he's thinking one thing, but then he's thinking another thing. He could go either way on that one, I think. I'm just going to wait for the response to that. Now, you are kind of... If you are going on the, the negative Kylo Ray relationship there, Richard, I have to warn you. On, on the social media, I, it seems to me that the majority of people are for that relationship... And I have seen some very forceful opinions on, on that. So forceful, I dare, 
Dare not bring the wrath down upon ye, good sir. Ian, who do you ship? I know I mentioned it in a tweet, and I might have mentioned it on the podcast. I know I am in the minority, but I am still I'm still all about that that Finn Ray connection there. I thought they had great chemistry in The Force Awakens. I I'd like to see that continue. That's my two cents on that matter. Well, my fate is sealed. I have been Ian. Something, something, uh, you know, whatever. That's been John. Excuse him. He's been inhaling fumes. And thank you for joining us on another episode of Hoth Topics. If you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on the Twitter at HothPod. If you want to get a hold of me personally on Twitter, you can at me at, at HothPodIan. We also have a website where you can go and see all of our prior episodes and our opinion pieces and prop builds john you're currently working on a e11 prop build yeah actually well by the time this releases that should already be done awesome uh, it will be last if this if i get around to editing editing this in time uh the i will have posted a uh tutorial every day for the past week turning the rubies e11 that you can buy at walmart and target for like 15 bucks into something slightly more screening awesome and finally, if you guys want to get a hold of us through email, you can email us hothpod at gmail.com. Oh, the website is hothtopicspodcast.com. We, I don't think we mentioned that. Hothtopicspodcast.com. 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 That's what we should have named our old show. <laughs> Hothpockets. Oh. Aww. We're uh, <laughs> uh, copyright and trademark uh, uh, Hot Topics Podcast 2018 <laughs> All rights reserved uh, Some of the some punishable by death Dictated but not right <laughs>